Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today coming from the UK, Michael Tabarati, and he helps value-driven leaders aspire for greatness. He's a performance coach, author, contractor. We're going to talk to, I love having entrepreneurs on my show to showcase their brand and highlight their message. So Michael, welcome. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much for that warm introduction as well. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I love um, connecting with like-minded individuals. So start by sharing how you got started, setting the groundwork, and we'll dive right into the conversation. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. But, um, you know, as you quite eloquently said before, I'm a strategic leadership and performance coach. And um, that actually started back in 2016 when somebody came to me and said, hey, um, how can you help me improve my work within this area? And because they were a friend, you know, I said, oh, don't worry, I'll do it for free. And uh, she was like, no, money talks. And since then, it just spiraled into, you know, consistent sort of like leads and individuals who wanted to get my help in terms of coaching, mentoring, whatever it may be. I soon became qualified uh, via practitionership, so via the EMCC and ICF if people know those different associations. And um, I've taken coaching much more seriously. But alongside that, the thing that really draws in the bread and butter is my independent consulting as a contractor within the UK, mainly for the public sector and UK governments. And a lot of my work is centered around change management, program management, digital transformation, all these different things. So that's a bit of a nutshell in terms of what I do and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And um, you've got quite of um, interesting. So you've got, um, you know, your transition from another career to becoming a performance coach is quite unique and share kind of pivotal moments or realizations that made you make this career shift. For sure. It's a good question. So it was the pandemic really. That's where it, you know, kickstarted. I'm sure you've got a lot of guests who said the same thing. But um, essentially, I was working for, let's just say, the uh, public sector healthcare area within the digital space. And essentially, it was a, <clears throat> a new sort of like area. And unfortunately, the leadership wasn't that great. You know, they didn't follow certain frameworks or whatever it may be. Although I love, you know, um, what the healthcare system is, is, is aiming to do at the moment. But it just wasn't for me. I'd been in the healthcare sector for 11 years, you know, doing commissioning, public health, all this stuff. And um, I realized that actually, you know, I had this strong, insatiable feeling to leave. And so I spoke to different individuals. I spoke to accountants, other consultants. I spoke to friends. And it was not only the, the help from somebody I met during this, you know, tenor who helped me move into this space. So I became independent as a contractor consultant and focusing more on my coaching as well. And uh, yeah, two and a half to three years later, I've just been going solo, doing my own thing. Yeah. And that's the best thing is working for yourself. And next thing is, you know, forming a company or a business where you have other people. That's kind of the, uh, you know, the dream. And so you're on that on that path. And, um, you know, it's like you said, I, I spoke in so, to so many, you know, some of them was 2008. Some of them was like a divorce, bankruptcy, 2020, mm -hmm. that just something like they want more, they're seeking more, um, and they can't do it with traditional. They have to go out and, you know, find that. So um, kudos to you. Yeah, and I love this. And basically, this times of, uh, 
leadership in modern times and you know giving your insights into this realm um, what are key attributes of successful leadership today especially in dynamic environments uh really volatile environments uh, uncertain environments uh, health healthcare technology the world today yes it's an extremely good question because we're we're going through so much change consistently at the moment as you know and i'm not going to list everything but <laughs> there's something that um i was taught within my change management and coach training and it's uh, there's a module called um coaching with complexity and ambiguity and uh-huh. it comes back to this whole idea of locus of control which i'm sure you may be familiar with uh-huh. and it's identifying what one can control themselves you know you can control your behavior you can control your etiquette you can control certain attitudes but you can't control everyone else but at least as a leader you have an element of influence you know and so it's understanding that actually for me if i define leadership right now it's it's living by example mm-hmm. rather than le- i don't want to use the same word leading it doesn't make sense so living by example and with that in mind if other people see you exude certain behaviors and values and whatever it may be that are in alignment to the organization they're more likely going to be more trusting and open towards you so the first thing is living by example the second thing is communication and what i mean by that is considered communication this is getting to a point of really articulating and talking about what the vision is but also having the opportunity to have an open door policy to a degree where you can understand what's happening on the shop floor because if there is a lack of communication from a bi-directional standpoint it's just not going to work out so that's that's the, that's the next thing the third thing i'd say is having this element of crystal clarity i'm this is a framework that i've adopted by the way and this element of crystal clarity is just being super clear of okay what are we trying to do here you know there's this analogy called uh four bums on a bench so imagine this is a bench and you have the bottoms there but you have who what why when all of those different things and the h is the how so how is basically strategy but the what why when and everything else is the plan so be clear about those different things i'm almost wrapping it up here i would say another thing to have is voracious vitality and this is the ability to be infectious by nature which leans into the final point audacious authenticity and i know everyone's abusing that term authenticity so to speak <laughs> but <laughs> really and truly if you break it down from a, a social psychological standpoint it's broken down into do i number 1 live authentically so i'm am i living in a way that is sincere to myself number 2 am i consistently listening to external influences all the time and number 3 do i self alienate or am i comfortable within my skin and so if you can do that from uh a a a self monitoring standpoint where in a social standpoint you are comfortable and you don't really change in terms of variability and degree then you are living by example so th- those are the things that i would break down when it comes to this space of complexity and ambiguity in these trying times yeah Yeah, I love that. And I love this idea just basically being true to yourself and um you know the more I talk to entrepreneurs, uh individuals such as yourself and kind of they they get it. They've um they've hit their, you know, kind of niche and what they're supposed to do. They don't get de- detracted by um criticism or naysayers because they because they know where they're trying to go. Um 
So one thing that's uh, talking about is um, this value-driven approach and your coaching and leadership style. Um, how do you believe this approach impacts an individual's growth and share examples from your life and coaching experiences? Yeah, so I guess for me, I started to recognize when people weren't adopted to or aligned to their sense of truth, it was very difficult for them to really achieve certain heights. Now, values is an interesting term because it defines what we see as important or deem as important. And whether we have picked this up subconsciously through introjection or whether we have really truly defined it for ourselves, um, that that's a question that we have to go down in terms of like our journey. <clears throat> and so there's this whole sort of uh, sort of battle between values and principles. Okay, they're quite closely aligned, slightly different. But the idea is that your personal values are almost like your personal principles, so to speak, in terms of a quote unquote successful life. And so if you can align your values to your behaviors and therefore your routines, you are more likely going to be living in quote unquote alignment. And if you're living more in alignment, you're living a more efficient life, a more effective life. Crucially, your critical thinking is better because you're making decisions based on a value system that makes sense to you. Those values that are adopted based on experiences that you've had in the past. And so things just make sense as opposed to doing things because of what society tells you to do, whatever it may be. Of course, we have to have a good balance. But the point being made is, it's about living a life that makes sense to self so you don't feel alienated and so that you feel more in your skin. And that's what I was talking about in terms of those three factors of authenticity. So a values-driven approach enables someone to strategically make decisions that make sense. It's about strategy because if you think about any organization or even any person, it's really broken down into vision, values, and velocity. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do that's based on your import level of importance and how quickly do you want to get there? Yeah, I love this because you kind of, you describe a framework from which to operate and navigate. And um, and I love this idea of strategy. And you've spoken about the powerful formula for setting great goals and elaborate on this formula and uh, how it can be effectively applied by yourself or someone you've coached. Yeah, this is a great question. And it's, it's apt for this time of year as well. <laughs> Hopefully this is not time sensitive, but essentially um, I've got this whole sort of setup where, you know, whether it's the beginning of the year, mid of the year, whatever it may be, there has to be a level of priming that exists. And I define priming as an opportunity to ask yourself questions. So that is, how are things going right now? How's the year gone so far, et cetera, et cetera. You can define whatever questions you want. But what that priming does is it allows you to understand whether you need to continue doing what you're doing or you need to pivot. In addition to that, it gives you the ability to assess and readdress what are my core values? Okay, we have means, values, ends, values, but I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. But what are my core values? Values being the things that are important to you because those values are going to define how you approach different areas of your life. Now, if we think about an individual, they have archetypal areas of their life. Now, most people know about the wheel of life. I've got my own version, which is called uh, the four pillars of mastery, which is broken down into performance, progress, people, and, and person. And so let's say, for example, you're looking at progress, which is business related, okay, or career portfolio career related. 
you would have to be able to rate how well you're doing within those areas and define why you've rated it that that number and then break down what the gap looks like because all change is a gap analysis really and truly and so once you know what that looks like in terms of the gap and the things you need to do based on whatever research or additional information that you have you look at your values and you say does this line up to the thing that i'm trying to achieve and if it does you attack it if it doesn't maybe you look at another area until you get to the point of the rate limiting step so to speak and so from then on what you can do is do all of this other stuff that helps you stick into a cadence of achieving your goal so to speak so i spoke about obviously the high level strategic individual sort of approach but the rest of it is more the nuts and bolts in terms of management process sticking to task consistency all of that stuff intelligent consistency i call it but you know just all of that stuff there too so if you have answered the question and if i haven't let me know please yeah no this is this is wonderful you know um so obviously you have a lot of experience and expertise in this area and so um kind of uh moving on is this um idea of um so personal development techniques and uh, in your role as a performance coach, you know, you mentioned uh, the locus of control, which I think Brian Tracy, I think also Tony Robbins talk about, um, you emphasize personal mastery development and kind of talk to some techniques or practice most effective in helping you and your clients achieve this um, self-mastery improved productivity. Most definitely. Yeah, no, I definitely did. And I guess <laughs> things that I could add towards that is, you know, number one, I think the first thing is to you have to have a relationship with yourself where you are able to trust self, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this is you need to get to a state where, let's say, for example, I don't know if you've ever done mirror work. But if you look in a mirror, if you literally stare yourself out in a mirror, OK, are you scared at what you see? Are you fearful at what you see? Um, are you disappointed with what you see? Because you need to get to a point of comfortability because an acceptance that this is who you are. So that's, the, that's one technique you can utilize. Another technique that is really useful is, and this is very basic stuff, but it's about the consistency of it that's really important, is journaling, okay? Now, some people use, you know, Bolin journals where they actually write in their journals themselves. Some people use Notion to type in their stuff. I've kind of done both, but I'm in the Notion gang at the moment, where essentially you're asking yourself repeating questions each day that build up into a weekly, monthly cadence that enables you to look back and reflect upon what you're doing. So there's a whole system, a cocoon system that exists from that. The third thing is getting into a state where you leverage people, okay? So I'm a big proponent of accountability buddies. I'm a big proponent of mentors and coaches, if you can afford it. I'm also a big proponent of mastermind groups, okay? So being surrounded by individuals who are allowing you to create a space of critical thinking. Maybe even action learning sets is also a really positive thing as well. Now, if there is something that you're trying to go get, it's really important to make sure you educate yourself within that space. So Robert Greene talks about this in his book, Mastery. You know, he's broken it down into three different steps. First step being curiosity, okay? So being in a space where you're just trying to like, you know, discover answers to questions you may have. Following on from that, being a, a learned practitioner so just practicing what you're doing again and again and again and putting in the hours and then thirdly is well you get to the practitioner stage how you put your own slant on it so that your expression is done in a way that that is authentic to you 
So these are some things that people can do depending on the context of situation to help them level up when it comes to their personal development. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, kind of finishing up is um, empowering others through teaching. And, you know, obviously your passion for teaching is evident in your coaching. And has your how has your approach to teaching evolved over time? What do you find most rewarding, rewarding about empowering others? Um, speak about that. Yeah, great question. So for me, I love seeing the glint in someone's eye. You know, and that's how I know I've really got to them, you know, when they're talking about their passion projects or the thing that they really want to do. So that's that's on a one to one basis. I think the other thing that I'm really enjoying because I'm setting up a coach training consultancy at the moment where people can become accredited via my my company, where there's a group environment and literally I'm getting them to do exercises to help them become competent coaches, you know, and it's you can see the light bulb just switch on. And so for me, the development of my training has come from, number one, obviously being quite learned within this space. Number two, getting the qualifications myself so that I go through the process. But number three, just having as many coaching clients as possible. It started off with, again, that early coaching client before. There was a time where I was doing a bit of pro bono coaching clients as well, which drew in more people and then eventually it, start, it started to be a paid system. And what ended up happening is I started to raise it to a point where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable at this point and I know there's enough demand for me to do coaching. The transition I'm in right now is I'm becoming more of a trainer as opposed to a coach because, yeah, I, I love to put people in a position of empowerment, most definitely. Yeah. How can people um, contact you, follow you, um, and uh, reach out to you, work with you, et cetera? Great question. So for me, I'm more prolific on LinkedIn, if I'm honest with you. I do have all other socials, but LinkedIn is where you'll probably find me more engaged. I'm also on YouTube, so you can check out some of my content there. Or you can go to my website, michaeltabaradi.com. We can find out more information, join my newsletter and all those great things there. Yeah. And let, for the audience, let's thank Mike for coming on and uh, really giving a powerful uh, talk about coaching, consulting, leadership. Uh, be sure to follow me. He's all over. He's on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and um, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much, Chris. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you.